Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. It's almost two years ago in 2017 that the Lord spoke to me out of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. And I felt it was a word about our future as a church. And 1 Corinthians 16:9 says this, A great and effectual door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. Since that period of time, nearly two years, we have seen so many doors of opportunity open to us as a church, and quite frankly, more keep opening all the time. I think it's funny that so many Christians are knocking on one door when I don't see anything in the Scripture that says you're limited to one. It seems to me like there are many doors and many opportunities that God wants to open up for each one of that. And uh, I'm going to be sharing some of those doors of opportunity in our town hall gathering a little bit later on. But let me speak to you this morning about enough. That's our theme for this month, our focus. By the way, tonight I'm going to be speaking on enough time. A lot of people think that there's not enough time. I believe the only person running out of time is the devil. And uh, I believe there's plenty of time for everything God has for you to do. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to be speaking on after enough because I don't believe that enough at all in God is actually meant to be your final destination. Then next Sunday night, I'm going to be speaking on clarity, enough clarity. Because again, the number one question I've had over all the years I've been leading is people saying to me, Pastor, I just need clarity. How do I get more clarity of the will of God for my life? So there you are, I've told you the next three uh, services that I'll be speaking at and uh, invite people along because, you know, they're going to get blessed for sure. But in this, this morning on enough, And enough opportunity. I want to read to you one verse out of John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 35. And I'll just wait about 10 seconds while you uh, turn to it in your Bible. Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Hold the horse while I get on. That's the only thing I learned from my grandfather ever about the Bible. Uh, He used to say that to me. So I learned that there was Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And I'm waiting those 10 seconds while those of you get out your smartphone Get out of Instagram and Twitter. I dream of having an app that will block those things while I speak. And I want to tell you, the day they come up with that device, I'm buying it no matter what. Uh, No, I know you don't do that. That's in the other churches that I visit. All right. John 4.35, Jesus is speaking. He says, "Don't do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say, you say, but I say, you say, but I say. There is often a huge difference between what we say and what He says. And I don't know about you, but I'm always going to go with He says, not what they say. Amen. Some of you here, people around about you are telling you that your life is capped. 
that you'll never get any further. Pastor Jeremy was talking about that in the prayer. Well, I don't see any opportunity to go much further. I don't see. They told me I'll never get any better. Well, they say, but what has God got to say about your life? He says, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest. These people, this verse is written while Jesus has been speaking to a woman of Samaria. Samaritans were people that the Jews despised. They regarded them as being substandard, not just followers of God, but substandard species really of being. They would not even walk through Samaria if they could avoid it. They definitely wouldn't talk to a Samaritan person. And so when Jesus says this about this area, you better believe that all the disciples are shocked and amazed. He says, you're not looking at what I'm looking at. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. They looked and they saw what they knew and what they were comfortable with. But Jesus has got eyes on the opportunities that are around about our life. And so this morning, I want to speak to you about enough opportunities in your life. We sang the song. I think the third song we sang this morning. God, give me vision to see things like you do. Not God, give me vision so that my life can get ahead. Don't give me vision, God, so that, you know, I feel better about me. But Lord, give me vision. I want to see what you see about the world in which I live. The disciples have got eyes only for everything that they know. And Jesus says, if you'll start changing the way you see. I believe God today wants to speak to every heart in life. I believe that we as a church, I have, uh, uh, we had a, a pastor's conference this week just gone past in Mandurah. And I was talking to our president, Ross Abraham. And I said, Ross, something has shifted in the last several months. I can't pin it down to a time or to an event that occurred. All I know is an incredible sense in my heart, or I'd say almost on a daily basis of excitement and anticipation of what God is not only doing, but is about to do. I believe with all of my heart that after 31 years of leading this church, I can say with absolute confidence that the best days of this church are the ones immediately in front of us. I don't just think that. I don't say that to perk it up or to just inspire. I feel it on a daily basis in my life. Many times early in the morning when I get up to pray and to read the Bible, I'm sitting in my study and something inside of my heart just keeps on like leaping for joy with what's going on. Now, I'm not silly enough to think that that's all like a, as we'd say, like a lay down mazair, like, well, it's just easy, settle back, cruise. He said there are great and effectual doors, but there are adversaries. And so I know that some of us, either in our ministries or in our, our personal lives, will have encountered in this last six months or so, adversaries in our life. There'll have been pressures against you in the financial realm. 
pressures against you in the workplace. There'll be pressures against some people in their health. Pressures on relationships. But if we will keep our eyes on the door. See, I've discovered that the enemy is not inside the door. He's at the door. And you've got to defeat that thing before you can walk in to everything that God has for you. But my Bible tells me that the battle is won. My Bible tells me that Jesus already is Lord. My Bible says that He already is risen from the dead and is already seated at the right hand of the Father. When you're not seated, if you still got to fight, you're seated when the battle's already won. And I believe that the battle is won and that you and I are moving through that door into everything that God has for us. What an exciting time to be alive. I want to share with you this morning fairly quickly five mindsets, five ways of seeing that will help us, help you to walk forward into all the opportunities that God has for us. And these are somewhat, I'd say, quirky. And to be very honest, I didn't think these up. As in most times, I'm out walking, I'm out praying. And while I'm out there, just me and God alone, these things come fully formed to my heart and mind. I pull out my little recording device and record them. Later on, I write them down. Then Scriptures will come to me about it. So I don't feel today like I'm, I'm coming to you with a thought up or even a thought out message. I feel like I'm the delivery guy for you today. I'm like the postman of the courier. It turns up at your house and says, would you like to sign for this? And I trust at the end of my sharing this morning that lots of you will say, I'm going to sign up for that. I'm going to put my signature on that because I want that in my life. Here's number one. The first thing that the Holy Spirit spoke to me about here is that we are a going people, not a sending people. I was thinking about that verse in Matthew 28. Right at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, where he says this to the disciples Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. But Jesus did not say, Send people. He said, go people. We are a going people. We are not sending people because sending is someone else does the work. Sending is someone else has the responsibility. Sending is someone else fights the battles. And sending is someone else reaps the rewards. The reality is that every one of us are a going people. We are not a sending people. You don't delegate your opportunity to reach people for Christ. It's not the preacher's job. Shepherds don't give birth to sheep. Sheep do. Huh? Huh? Some people think it all happens up here. Can I tell you that the greatest work of the ministry never happens on a pulpit, 
never happens on a stage. It happens in your workplace. It happens in your university. It happens in your neighbourhood. It happens in your college. When you get an opportunity to pray with someone, to encourage someone, wait for town hall. I think one of the most exciting things we've ever launched, we're going to tell you about in town hall, Uh, Seriously, it is a massive game changer in terms of being able to relate to people. I was in Cambodia last week praying with a lady whose husband has left her and taken the child. She's bawling her eyes out. And all I could think of was, if only we already had this happening, I would have immediately enacted it. And uh, what a difference that would have made to that person's life. But the reality is, you and I don't need a passport to go into our world. You just need a heart to care. Isn't that right? I don't need to go to a foreign country to find people that need Jesus. I thank God that Pastor Bruce and Mark and Andrea and and David and Owen and Amwaba, thank God they're going to Peru. That is a part of our world. But I don't want to act like all my world is somehow rather the world out there. Or a long way away. No, my world is my neighbourhood. My world is the people who live next door to me. My world is the people that I come across every day of my life. And I want to be there, ready with the good news of Christ, saying I'm a going person and I'm not sending other people on my job. A church is never as strong as the numbers attending. A church is as strong as the numbers of people that have a going heart. Always, always. Listen, people come, people go. That's the nature of the world in which we live right now. But I think about people like Prony and Roshni, who are some of our worship leaders, wonderful people. But she moved to Sydney to do her doctorate in Egyptology. Who knew it was a thing, but it is. And so now they're over there and they email us back and tell us about the church they're now planted in. I could go time after time of people that were a part of our church. I was thinking about, remember the American couple that moved to Hong Kong? I've still got his phone number in my phone somehow or other and I kind of came up with it the other day and I'm thinking about, about the couple of years they were able to spend with us. And I know that there's a, a shifting kind of landscape sometimes. But I want to tell you, my focus is not on how many of us sit here. My focus is how many of us, when we go from here, are going out into the places where God sends us. See, I don't live at your workplace. I may never meet the people in your neighbourhood. I might never have an opportunity to help that neighbour. I remember one of our neighbours who got burgled. He was, can I say this now? I think I can. I think he's going to heaven now. Uh, but he was a really rough, tough neighbour. You know, I remember my son's basketball would go over the fence. He'd refuse to give it back. And, uh, you know, one of those kind of neighbours. Uh, then his house got burgled. And instead of going, well, serves him right. I went over there. I said, I'm sorry to hear. What did you lose? Can I help? Well, it turned out that the thing that he valued the most was not his medals, from all of his time in the British Army, but it was his country and Western CD collection. I said to him, Paddy, because that was his name. Otherwise I would have called him whatever his other name was. I said, Paddy, 
I said, my mother-in-law is big in country music. Tell me what the titles were. I'll see if I can find it. Well, anyway, I discovered that one of them was a, a, a CD about a, a prime mover that was in love with another prime mover. I'm not making this up. I love your bumper bar. Anyway, my mother-in-law didn't have it. I found it on the, on the internet, bought it, went over and said, happy birthday. This is a gift from Ron Renati. You know, that guy came to church about six times. Said when he moved to Mandurah, he said, please come and visit me. And we did that. I, I said, you would never have reached him. He's my neighbour. You don't need a passport, but we're a going people, not a sending people. Here's number two. We're a giving people, not a donating people. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God and His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor but they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we'd hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. All true giving is a giving of yourself. Think about it. When you got married, if you did, you understand that marriage is not donating space in your house to your spouse. It's just a little thought there for somebody. It's not like you say, that's your half of the bed. That's your hand basin in the ensuite, And don't touch mine. That's your parking space in the garage. It doesn't work like that. How many, how many, I'm seeing a few guys are going, yep, that's right. That's for sure. Amen. Amen. And there's no such thing as that's my half of the walk-in robe. Come on, do I get, come on. Some of you men that have got courage, give me a witness this morning. Huh? Some of you men going, oh yeah, amen. It's all hers. Mine's in a shoebox. That's not true. I know some of you, it's the opposite way around. The spare room is his. Amen. But marriage is not donating space. It's about giving yourself to someone. When you have a child, if you do, you understand parenting is not donating resources. Well, I've decided to sponsor you to school. Huh? This week your meals are brought to you by... I want you to wear this little tag on all your clothes saying these clothes paid for by. It doesn't work like that. The reality is that being a parent, you are not donating resources, you're giving your life. See, you can donate money, but you can't donate love. You can't donate compassion. Well, I just really feel something here. And I just want to, you know, next time you see someone collecting for the Salvos or for Red Cross or for the Cancer Fund, and you just go, I just want to donate some compassion to you. They'll look at you like, what kind of weirdo are you? They're after the folding stuff. Huh? You can donate money, 
But you can't donate grace. You can't donate partnership. You can donate to a charity, but church is where we give ourselves to the purpose of God. I can think of nothing greater in my entire life. You know, after all these years, uh, this is so true. I still feel that every day is a privilege to give my life to Christ. He who gave everything for me, He who hung on a cross, bore indescribable shame and indescribable pain and indescribable burden and indescribable suffering. And He looked down the tunnel of time and said, I'm not just doing this for these that are here. I'm doing for all them that will believe on their their Word. And He did that for you and for me. And I don't know about the rest of you here, but obviously the, the response that comes out of our heart is, God, I want to be like that. I want to give, thank God for all of you that in the life of this church over all these years have poured out not a donation, but giving yourself to the things of God. Here's number three. We're equipping, not delegating. There's a lot of stuff gets done in the life of this church. A lot of jobs, a lot of rosters, a lot of people giving time and energy. But Jesus commanded His church to make disciples, not members. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says this, And He gave him some, Himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's why the Bible says, if you serve as an usher in our host team, the Bible says in Galatians, you purchase to yourself a good degree of boldness in the faith. In other words, your natural work has got a spiritual growth outcome in your life. I know that in our creative team, there is a component every week of their serving. That's not about rehearsing a new song. It's not about fine-tuning the vocals. It's not about getting everyone in the right place at the right time. It's about are you growing as a follower of Christ? Right across all of our ministries, we believe that serving is not about task. It's about your growth. We are determined to make sure that we equip you, not just use your gift. Our goal is that you will grow. Here's number four. Fourth one, we're helping up, not just helping out. We're definitely going, not sending. We're giving, not donating. We're equipping, not simply delegating. But we're also helping up, not helping out. I've raised three children, one from birth and the other two from very young age in this church, Rhonda and I together. I'd love to tell you that we're massive, amazing parents, but I'm not sure that either of us feel that we've got it perfect even yet. But I thank God for all the people over all those years, the ones in kids' church who prayed over my children, the ones who rang up One of my kids, when they weren't all that communicative, couldn't get much more than a grunt out of them. 
And yet the kids' church leader would ring them up every week or two and that one child would chat for ages. Can I say to you parents, when you bring your kids to kids' church, you are not just, you know, it's not kind of like child mining for an hour and a half. You're investing in their life and in their future. And it's a seed that'll live in them. Some of you here, where maybe your kids have not walking with God right now. Just believe the seed that God planted. It was never just about your faith. It's about us all together and about what that thing has been producing in their life. And I thank God for all the youth leaders. I know I think about Thor and Marty and your leadership of youth because I know, you know, every year a bunch of kids graduate. And so sometimes it might look like, well, how big are we growing? Can I say to you, it's never about that. It's about you are saving lives by ministering to these young people and to see some of them now growing into young adulthood and into the ability to be able to to lead others as many of them are, you got to go, thank God that we're helping up. I love the fact that in Metro Kids, I love the fact that Colleen and the team there, their whole thing is we're about families, not just children. Colleen's about to finish her degree in psychology, majoring in family resilience. And I go, oh, thank God, right person at the right time in the right space so that we can do even more helping up, not helping out. Here's the last one, number five. We are partnering, not attending. Acts chapter two and verse one. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together, one place, one accord. Imagine what it'd been like if 120 people had said, you know, I'm a bit tired of your company. I'm a bit bored with the same four walls of the upper room. I think I'll just go, surely I can pray at home. Can I tell you in the 21st century, there's a lot of people that are going, I, and people I've met, they say, I don't need church because I can worship at home. I can get the Word. I got, I'm podcasting every man and his dog. Maybe there is someone who's got a dog that's out there that's ministering, I don't know. But you know, people that are doing all that and saying, I don't need it. And I always think when I hear that, but you're not understanding. It was never about a message and it was never about a song. There's something supernaturally dynamic and something irreplaceable about being together. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. And that's when, that's when there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each one of them. It was then that they heard the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Because spiritual life is always a together thing. It's our vision, not my vision, and never was. I feel honestly that I'm the caretaker of something that God always had in mind. I never, I I genuinely don't feel like it's centered around me as the senior pastor or that somehow or other it's about a gift that I have. 
I think it always was in God's mind that a church like this would get raised up in the most isolated city geographically in the world and would begin to impact the world. Not only the world way away, but the world right up close and personal. It's our calling. It's never about your calling. It's us together. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 23 says, And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on these we bestow greater honour. And our unpresentable parts of greater modesty, but it's our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honour to that part which lacks it. What does that mean? It means that God says the greater honour goes to that which is not visible. So let me ask you a question this morning. What's the most important part of Metro Church? Is it who preaches? Or is it the 39 people in the prayer team that pray over every prayer request, uniting their faith and believe in God? Is it the number of people that worship lead? Or is it the five people in threads serving there or the 22 people that serve in hope every week that are our arms and our heart to the broken and the needy that live in our world? Or maybe it's not just them. Maybe it's the 17 people in the Connect Hub. Maybe it's not who brings the Word. Maybe it's the 12 people in sound and lighting that make it possible for you to hear and for you to see. Or maybe it's Kurt Kenderesi comes in one day a week and sits at a desk and prepares the podcast that gets broadcast out. I meet people all the time. I'm not kidding. Everywhere I go. Someone said to me this week, they're caring for uh, one of their families, two young children. Uh, because of a special need that the family has and the mum can't do it. And so that person's caring for them. They said to me, you know, I can't, always, they, they don't even live here, live in another state. They said, I can't always get to church anymore. The kids, while we're in this transition, it's just difficult. They said, I thank God that every Sunday morning, even if I can't get to church, I can be a part of church because I've got church in my pocket. And so they get to hear it. And Kurt sits up there all by his little lonesome. Well, not quite alone because we do say hello to him. It's not like we've locked him in the cell. <laughs> or maybe it's the 26 people that serve in the cafe so that you and I can sit around and enjoy one of this company and have fellowship together. Maybe it's them. I don't think it's either or any. I'm certainly not diminishing those that preach or those that worship lead. But you know, maybe it's all of them or maybe it's one of the other over 50 ministries that exist in this church. Some of which you don't even know some of you that they even exist. But the reality is that they are there doing an amazing work for God. Thank God for them. Thank God that we are a partnering people not just an attending people, that we're going, not just sending, that we're giving, we're not donating, we're equipping, we're not delegating, we're helping up, not just helping out, that we partner together to see something great that God does. Amen.
Amen. Change your mindset. Maybe you're here today and you might go, Jeff, I've, I've never thought that I really matter much. You know, maybe there's no title to the job or maybe there's no applause to the job. But can I say to you today, become a part of the going people. Become a part of the giving people. Become a part of the equipping people. Become a part of the helping up people. Become a part of the partnering people in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You today. You're with us. You are Lord of the church and we are not. You are the one that guides us and leads us. You direct us. You move on hearts and lives. Lord, I thank You that You set every member into the body as it pleases You. And so God, we celebrate all of us. We don't celebrate one above another. We celebrate every member. We celebrate every gift. We celebrate every equipping. We celebrate every going. Thank You for all that You're doing in Jesus' Name. We thank You, Lord, for this amazing thing called the Church of Jesus, that when we're born again, we don't have to go and join a church. We're born into it. We are made a part of the body. Thank You for that in Jesus' Name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, maybe here today and you say to me, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. You know, you come here today wondering whether God would even think twice about you, whether He even knows you exist. Maybe things have been happening in your life and you feel like, you know what? I'm not sure that God even knows I'm here. Can I say to you, He very definitely does. He's reaching out to you. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He's waiting for you to simply say yes to Him. It's as easy as that. If you'll say yes to Christ this morning, I know He's saying yes already to you. I'd love to pray with you right where you are, right where you sit. You say to me, Pastor, would you pray for me? I don't know Jesus. Pastor, I used to walk with God. I lost my way. Can I come back to God today? Yes, you can. I'd love to pray with you right where you are. All I want you to do, just very quickly, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I just want you to slip your hand up and then put it back down again so that I can see it and know I'm praying with you. Would you do that right now? Just wherever you are, say, Pastor, that's me. Pray with me now, right where I am. I want to know Jesus in my life. I want Christ to come into my life. I want to walk with God for the rest of my days. If that's you, just slip your hand up so I can see where you are. I want to know and I want to pray with you today. You're away from God, but you can come back to Him today. You can know Him and walk with Him in Jesus' name. Last time I'm asking, just don't want to miss anybody out. So I'm looking across to see you in Jesus' mighty name, the name above every name. Then, Father, we thank You for today. Pray for people here, Lord, that are thinking about You, wanting to make a decision that's got integrity, that's authentic. Thank You for them in Jesus' name. Amen. You can look this way. You'll see up on the screen, Another way that you can simply say yes to Christ, and that is that you, <clears throat> pardon me, text yes to that number 0488-826-392. Or you can go online, do it at yes.metrochurch.org.au. And I know that if you do that, then you will start getting resources from us that'll help you to grow as a Christian. People again are doing, matter of fact, I was in Malaysia last week and they put up their version of this. Up on the screen, they, I don't know whether we helped them to do it or not, but they heard about it. They're doing the same thing in Malaysia. And so this resource that got developed here is going to be a blessing in so many other parts of the world. 0488-826-392. You can do it with safety. 
and know that it'll be secure. We'd love to be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, God is good. All the time. Yeah, He is all the time. That's for sure. Let's just sing it while we're seated for a minute. Lord, I look to You. Just sing it through just the verse, if we could, and then I want to speak to You again for a minute. Come on, let's love God for a minute. God, I look to You. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like You do. God, I look to You. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Amen. Father, we pray that You will do exactly that for all of us. I imagine, God, that there isn't one of us here today that does not need our eyes to open wider. See our eyes, our vision lifted higher. Help us to see the people around about us. We thank You that You've entrusted us with the going. You do the convincing, but we do the going. We'll do the helping, Lord, but You're the only one that can raise people up. We'll give, Lord, only You can bring the blessing. We'll do the partnering, Lord, but You're the one that makes something great out of every effort we bring. We thank You for that in Jesus' Name. Amen. 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 Today is the first Sunday of Destiny Offering Receiving. I know lots of people because I've been getting emails, texts, uh, I know Tisa was very excited this week. Somebody decided they didn't want to wait till Sunday. They have already stepped out, made their commitment to Destiny Offering. In case you're not aware of what that is, maybe you're new here today. Once a year, every year, we gather together and we say to God, we're going to pray. We're going to ask you what we should give over and above our normal giving. And we're going to sow that, invest that into the future of this church and the ministries that God has for us to do. We'll share in the town hall some of the ways that some of that is uh, being uh, spent, how, where some of that's going to. But I know that for most of us, it's not about that. It's not about knowing where the accounts part of it goes. It's about saying, you know what? I, I've got the vision of this church is my vision and I wanna be a part of that. And so the last three Sundays, we've been praying together. And we've been believing God that He'll speak to our hearts. I know Rhonda and I have been talking about that, praying about that together. And we have got a figure in our heart that we believe God has spoken to us. We're going to be making that commitment. Is it a stretch? Well, it always is, quite frankly. Uh, but God has never failed us. And I know He's never failed us yet. I know some of you, there's another couple of weeks till the end of Last year's destiny offering, some of you may still be in the process of that like we are. We're confident we're going to get right there at the end. But we didn't want to wait until we'd concluded that before we got an opportunity to look further and to see the vision of what God has for us down the road. On your seat today, there's not only the destiny offering brochure, but there is on your seat today the commitment card. And I'd love you right now, in just a minute, we'll show the video again of destiny offering so that those of you that are still praying, that's fine. We'll be doing this over the next three Sundays. 
Today's the launch day for it though. And I want to pray with you. So we're going to ask you to fill that in. Hold it in your hands while we watch the video together. Then I'll get all of us to stand. We're going to come into agreement for God's blessing over your life, over your home, over your business in Jesus' name. Fill it in. Write it in with confidence. Fill it in with, with a clarity so we can read your writing. That'll help. And then on the first Sunday of July, we'll be announcing the total amount that's committed and celebrating that together. Every year, we have done exactly what we're doing today. Every year, I as your senior leader have spoken about it. And then I've gone to God and said, God, I trust you with whatever the future looks like. We've never had a goal for an amount. We've simply said our goal is that everyone in our church will find a way to take part. Whether it's a small amount or a large amount, whether you're a, a business person or a, an executive and you've got a lot of resources, or maybe you're somebody who's looking for work and you don't have much, we encourage everyone, find a way to be a part of Destiny Offering and the vision that God has given us here at Metro, all right? I'm going to give you a minute. I'd love it if the guys could show the video up on the screen if we can do that. Our Destiny Offering. And please, can we have enough light down here so people can read uh, what they're writing? Some of you will say it's a commitment I'm making over the next 12 months. And some of you, like someone's already done this week, said I want to give the whole amount in advance. By the way, some people write down the amount, give it all, and then come back and say, God's blessed me even more. I want to give more than what I even committed. God bless you. That's between you and God. I don't know what anyone in this church gives apart from Rhonda and myself. I don't know what the staff commit. I don't know what leaders commit. I've chosen to leave that entirely with our, our accounts department. They're the people that know about it. I just know the amount we celebrate together in Jesus' Name. Heavenly Father, as people still are praying, as people are still saying, Lord, speak with clarity to my heart. I know, God, that You are preparing us for something wonderful to come to us and through us. I believe, Lord, for blessing. I believe for clarity in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Please complete your cards. Fill those in. And then uh, in a minute, the ushers will receive those commitment slips from you. While they're doing that, let's have a look at the video of Destiny Offering. Thank you. Together, horizons. What links these words? Horizons, the place where our sky meets the earth. The limit of our knowledge, experience and perspective. Together, the proximity of oneself to others. The concurrence of us and our neighbour. Our horizons can hinder us, but they cannot defeat us. For we are not alone. Destiny is not just about an event. It's a vessel that allows us to come together and broaden our horizons. 
It allows us to see past what is present and procure what is possible. To come together as a church and sow into the future of our generation, our ministries, and God's kingdom. Destiny doesn't have a focus on finance. It's about believing for an impact. In every part, large and small, is a detail in God's complex design. As we sow into the vision of this year and next, don't let your horizons suppress what is possible. Look past your horizons. Let us come together and radiate the love of our God in our church and in our city. Let its impact be profound over all the world. Let those impacted not know the name of Metro Church, but let them know the name of Jesus. Let their lives be touched through love and generosity. In Jesus' name. I still get goosebumps when I watch that. How beautiful, and I think it captures the heart of everything we're about. If you're ready, let's stand together, shall we, and we're going to pray. I believe that this is a sacred moment, I really do. I'm so excited about it, not for an amount, but I'm excited for the lean in from people that are saying, you know what, this is my church. This is my vision. This is my home. And I want to be a part of everything. You may be a visible part and be celebrated, or maybe you're an anonymous part. Maybe this is your part today. But as we sow this, as we commit this before God, I'm believing for doors to open, blessing to come. I'm believing for jobs to be created for new opportunities for businesses to expand. I'm believing for income to come to lives because I don't believe God just wants to give you back what you commit. I believe He wants to give you not just enough. He wants to give you more than enough. And then He wants to bring abundance to your life. In Jesus' Name. My wife Rhonda is, will be putting our slip in this morning. We've already agreed on it together. But let's all as a church agree together with God. Heavenly Father, we thank You. You said that we are, that You are no man's debtor. You said give and it shall be given unto You. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will give back into our life. So Father, in this special moment where we lift up our eyes and see the horizons of all that You want to do and all that You are doing, we look at all the things that have opened up in the last six to 12 months in the life of our church, all the opportunities that weren't there a year ago, but now they're there. And every door, we pray God that as wise stewards, not only of finance, but as wise stewards of gifts, as wise stewards of strategy, as wise stewards of plans, God, we together will march into everything that You have for us. I agree together with my brothers and my sisters in this church for blessing over their family, blessing over their home, blessing over their business. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen.